shouldn't be hearing my phone right now, so that's my bad. There you go. Um, so I tried this novel idea. I said, hey, what about this? What about if I read the Bible? I'm just kidding. I do that. <laughs> I'm just joking. But I figure, what about I read a little bit here? You know, I did that last time kind of with, with uh, Judges. And this time I wanted to read from Philippians. Philippians 3, and um, I think that, like I said here today when we were uh, putting our faces on God, right, because his face is always toward us, right, Uh, I heard a story once, and I I don't know, you guys might uh, think, oh, that's sappy or something, I don't know, but where there was a little kid, and uh, he wanted to sleep with his parents, uh, so he could be near his dad and feel f- and feel uh, secure, right? While he's sleeping, feel feel safe. And his dad said, "You can't. You have to sleep in your own room." I- I'm sorry, you can't sleep in our room. So then the kid said, "Okay, dad, but just please, while you're sleeping, can you turn on the side to where you're facing me in my room?" Uh, and it touched me because. God is always faced towards us, right? His face is always towards us. We always can look for security in Him, for, for, uh, for all of our needs being met in Him. Um, and you know this boy who said that, he doesn't see any result in that, right? Except for that he just believes that his father's face is towards him. His, do- his father said, I will do that, son. So then he just believes that. His father's face is towards him. That's all he needs. He can go to sleep peacefully, right? He doesn't worry about a thing. He doesn't have to see everything he's hoped for and dreamed for come to fruition right there at that moment to finally feel secure. He feels secure because his father's looking at him because his father's face is towards him. Uh, so if that helped anybody, I hope so because it came to my mind without my permission and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't prepare for that. So I, bl- I hope it's Holy Spirit speaking to somebody. So Philippians 3, uh, the um, title they're putting in the Bible here is called Righteousness by Faith or in a different version, the true righteousness. Both of those are put in by man and not God. So, but I just want to mention them because sometimes they help us to kind of get our right, uh, mind in the right frame. <clears throat> so, verse one. And if you hear me making all kinds of noises, I apologize. I'm trying my best not to, especially on the mic. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord to write the same. Sorry, sorry. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Period. Rejoice in the Lord. I, I uh, have a group of people that I meet with that are um, from India. Sometimes I meet with them on the phone. The first thing they say to each other, no matter what, they, they say, hi, how are you doing, brother? Praise the Lord. Even before they let you answer how you're doing. You know, they always say, praise the Lord. I thought, I thought to mention that because he's saying, hey, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. So he's saying something to him. He's, he wants them to have their eyes on God. Write the, I, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me. This is kind of reaching out to what Adrian and me talked about before, too. A lot of times we're saying the same thing over and over in a different way, and he's saying, hey, to write again the same things I wrote to you before is not a trouble to me because he's trying to remind them and keep them on on track and also uh, to say it in a different way so maybe somebody in the audience that's listening can hear it for the first time because they heard it a thousand times, but maybe for them it's the first time that they understood it. You know what I mean? The first time that... Like our old pastor used to say that day dawned over Marblehead or whatever it is, right? Revelation came and you could, you could walk it out because a lot of times you know stuff, you know, with your mind, but you can't walk it out because you haven't had like a revelation of that thing. 
you know? Like, you know you're supposed to forgive and love everybody, but sometimes, nah, brah, nah. You know what I mean? That's how you're like. You want to go and take care of it. It's called the Holy Spirit slap, but you, it's not from that spirit, okay? Um, it's not from the Holy One. Um, so let me go to the next part here. <clears throat> Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who practice mutilation. And those are actually some of the religious uh, practices of the time. And dogs refers to people who are doing some, some bad things for, for their, uh, um, their temple or their way of worship. And also, um, of course, mutilation. People cut themselves like when, um, I think it was, if it was Elijah or Elijah, I forgot, Elijah, I think, where the people were cutting themselves to try to get attention of their God because he wasn't showing up to start the fire, right? He wasn't showing up to start the fire, and they're, they're just mutilating themselves as part of their religious exercise. And unfortunately, sometimes in Christianity, we forget that he paid the cost, right? A cost must be paid, but Jesus paid it, and so we try to pay it ourselves, right? And that's kind of self-mutilation to me. You may not even be doing it physically, but if you're trying to pay the price that Jesus paid, and if you're trying to walk out the punishment that you think you deserve or um, sentence yourself um, to lack or not have the, the, the blessing of God because of what you've done, then you're trying to take away the sacrifice that Jesus already took for you. For we are, number verse 3, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and boast in Christ Jesus um, and place no trust, not some trust, not just a touch of trust, no trust in the flesh. No trust. It's all in Christ Jesus. Though I also have confidence in the flesh. Now, what he's saying here is that he, he's saying I have confidence in the flesh because as far as, if it's about the law, if it's about Judaism, I'm there. I'm a Jew. I was circumcised in the flesh. You know, so that's what he's starting to go into right here. I'm just saying that in case I don't want anybody to become confused because he just said no confidence in the flesh and that he was one who had no confidence in the flesh. But now he's speaking because some people are trying to lead people away from just trusting in Jesus, trying to lead people away from that and lead them to following the law, getting circumcised and doing all that stuff. If any other man thinks that he has reason to trust in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised the eighth day, the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. So a righteous dude of the righteous dudes, right? In case that you guys need translation, but that's probably old now, right? Nobody says dude anymore, right? How would I say it? Uh, you know, just don't want to say it. Hebrews of Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee. So concerning the law, he was studied up. He memorized the first five books of the Old Testament because that's what a Pharisee had to do. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. So he's saying concerning my passion for God, I was trying to kill fools who I thought weren't doing what they should be doing. And that's the church. That's us. He was trying to kill people that were trusting in Jesus Christ because he thought you should be trusting in the law. And, and concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. I was blameless, he's saying. I was the man. I was doing it, and nobody could say anything about it. Number seven. Verse 7, but what things were gained to me? So all those things, right? Those were gained that he's talking about once he started talking about the law, the flesh. All those things which were gained to me, I have counted these things to be loss for the sake of Christ. 
Yes, certainly I count everything as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for I, for whom I have forfeited the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Count all things as rubbish that I may gain Christ. I used to be kind of a little bit more confused about this, and I hope I'm a little bit not as much now. Um, because there's some good things, right? There's some good things. You're like, well, why would I sacrifice all things to gain Christ when there's some good things I feel like? Maybe somebody thinks they're, you know, a, a good singer. Or somebody thinks they know how to play the piano well, and it's a good thing. Or somebody thinks they, uh, they're very intelligent. They have good book smarts. It's a good thing. So they're like, hey, I have this good thing. And those are good. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you realize that you could give up what's limited to have the limitless, right? You could stop trusting in how good you are at whatever to have how he's in you and he's more than enough, right? So in that way, we sometimes limit ourselves, right? Because we're like, um, this guy's good at this, this guy's good at this, this guy's good at this. But Jesus, but in the Bible it says, I can do all things, things through Christ who strengthens me, right? So then we're unlimited, right? We, we, somebody will say, hey, can you do this for me? I'm like, nah, I don't know how to do that, bro. Bam, <laughs> you know, gone, whatever. And for me, I love that excuse. It's wonderful. But I can't have it anymore, right? I can't have it. That was my favorite excuse. Like, I don't know how to do that, bro. I can't do it. But I can't do that because all things, I can do all things. Plus, now there's YouTube. You can watch a video. But anyway, <laughs> truthfully, all things are, are, are possible for me because of Christ Jesus. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I used to think that was a bad thing, but now I, I know it's good. It's good even though, you know, because what are we here for, right? Sometimes I wonder about that too. Hey, I would like to have this or this, my own time, my own peace, my own place, my own life. But really, I'm here to love others because I was loved first. Not because I'm trying to gain anything, but because I got everything, right? You're not trying to like, oh, I got to love people. I got to do good because I want to get something out of it, you know? But you're not. You're doing it because you already got everything out of Jesus Christ. And you have the freedom to just release it to people. To release everything that he's put on the inside of you. The freedom and also a joy, which sometimes we don't know, but, and it feels rough. If you're going out there and you're trying to do the things of God, and, and sometimes it feels rough, uh, it's really simple, but it's not easy because sometimes you feel, wonder, well, what are they going to think about me? My wife uh, has many times decided that, uh, not decided, but she's heard from God, okay? To me, it's like, nah, I don't think God would say it. I'm just kidding, but to heard from God to, pre to pray for people that are total strangers, you know, in a Walmart or something like that. And, or that she sees has an injury. There was a guy with an injury at Walmart. She saw him, prayed for him. We saw him get up a few minutes later after she prayed for him. I mean, that was really awesome because before that we saw how he was acting and it was not, he was just limping around and having trouble. He was actually a worker at Walmart and then he was walking away like normal pushing carts. So, um, you know, it was awesome. But for me, I would be like hiding behind her or something, you know, or like staying in the car. I, I got you from here, babe, out the window. I'll pray for you in tongues while you're over there <laughs> doing the thing. Because I'm afraid that that person's going to say, what are you doing, fool? Why do you want to pray for me or whatever, you know, or whatever. Uh, the good thing is for her is that she's, uh, have you had a few people, right, that said no or none to prayer? No one has ever said no to her. Look at that, Look at that track record right and I'm all afraid about something that never happened to her, right? Never happened to her. Nobody ever said, shut your mouth and get away from me, <laughs> which is something I imagined, you know. Or, stop praying for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't want none of that Jesus stuff, you know. Nobody said that to her. They, they always said, yes, go ahead. And some, one lady even told her, I never heard about Jesus in my whole life. Huh, 
Somebody said, I never heard about Jesus in my whole life. But she was willing to listen to my wife tell about Jesus in the store, in the Walmart neighborhood market. Why do we always do everything over there? It's because everybody goes there, right? <laughs> to Walmart. It's like, we should just call the church at Walmart. I'm just kidding. Um, so let me continue in verse number eight. Yes. Certainly I count everything as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have forfeited the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And yes, I know I read that already, but you're cool for noticing. Now I'm going to go to number nine. And be found, let me see, because now I lost myself trying to be funny. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, okay? I'm going to be found in Christ. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is of God on the basis of faith. To know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Um, Kalani, do you happen to have this in King James right now? No? This verse, do you happen to have it in King James? No? I have it up. And King James on number 11. Verse number 11 of uh, Philippians 3. Tell me. Read it loud, please. Because in this it says, if somehow I might make it to the resurrection of the dead. But that one I like the way the King James is saying that one better. Um, and there's another version, which is the Passion Translation, which says this. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him and his resurrection from the realm of the dead. Because right before this it's saying, uh, to know him and the power of his resurrection... And the fellowship of his sufferings, I mean, entering into the sufferings of Christ, entering in and taking that as my own, being conformed to his death, right? Yourself being conformed to the death of Christ. Um, and just for giggles, I want to look that up real quick <clears throat> in the Passion Translation. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and become like him in his death. And really it is, I will become him in his death. We were him and he was us because he became us so that we could become him. He became us so that God could have many sons, right? So um, I just show that to you guys in a few um, translations because sometimes um, Holy Spirit says something to us, right? And he can say it to every single one of you. None of you guys have to say, oh, I can only hear Holy Spirit from Pastor Alex. Because if he did that, I'd be real sorry for you. You've got to hear them for yourself. And when you do that, sometimes you'll see a verse and it'll say something that it seems to not say. Um, and I found that so awesome is that you could actually find it typically, you know, in another translation that actually says what you got the revelation of. So you're realizing that, it, that the translation, that you're, the way you read that translation wasn't necessarily what God wanted to say originally. And now you got the revelation of what he was trying to say. And the other translation kind of backs that up for you. It's just because words mean different things to different people, right? Um, we look at things differently, so sometimes the way we see it, it's not going to be exactly um, the way. So I'm going to go to verse 12. And uh, now that I have already, oh, sorry, not. And I don't think I gave my son any of this, so he's not putting any verses up there. So you've got to look in your Bible. If you're not looking in your Bible, you just done backslid and you get nothing from God. Not, re not really. 
You have every good thing in Christ Jesus. It's not about you. Not that I have, it's all for you, right? All for you. Um, not that I have already attained or have already been perfected, but I follow after it so that I may lay hold of that which I was seized by Christ. That for which, sorry. So I may lay hold of that for which I was seized by Christ. So the reason why Jesus grabbed a hold of me is what he wants to lay a hold of. Really, he's saying he wants to walk out every good thing that God's put on the inside of him. That's the way I like to say it or think of it. Because God, Jesus laid a hold of me. And, and there's so many times when I'm so thankful for that, when I feel like I got nothing to hold on to and I realize he's holding on to me. Right? Like I feel like I could grope, I could try, I could see, but I can't feel, I can't see you, I can't feel you, God. I don't feel you in this moment. I don't see you in this moment. But you're still holding on because you're holding on to me. Even when I can't or think I can't hold on to you. Brothers, I do not count myself, and this is verse number 13, sorry. I do not count myself to have attained. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead. Now, it's my personal opinion that he's not saying he hasn't attained in the sense that he doesn't have every good thing in Christ, but he hasn't attained is that he's not walking it all out perfectly, right? He hasn't experienced, he hasn't walked like exactly like Jesus yet, he's saying, in, in my opinion. This is my opinion. Other people might say it different, but to me, I believe that God has given us every good thing and held nothing back from us like, he, he, like Paul says in a different spot. And so I think Paul's not confused. I think he's just trying to make a point that he's not, you know, walking it out perfectly. Um, and he presses on reaching forward the things which are ahead. The Bible also says in another part that we will, when we see Jesus as he is, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And if somebody knows that verse and brings it up, it would be cool so I could uh, read it exactly how it goes in case I'm paraphrasing it a little bit. But the point is, is that when we see Jesus, we see us. So the more we see Jesus, the more we see us and who he's made us and what he's done in us and for us, right? So, I just say that to say that we should never downplay what God has done. We can't say, okay, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, or I'm a sick person trying to get well. We're not that. We're the healed trying to enforce what God has already given, right? Not trying to. We're enforcing it. We're saying, get out, you thing that does not belong, you're trespassing, right? Like the thief that jumps over the wall. Get out of here. You snuck in where you weren't supposed to be and get out. In the same way... Um, with, with all the good things that we have in Christ. Um, so after he says, I press toward the goal to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. So yeah, I hadn't read that yet. That's verse number 14. So after he says he's reaching forward to those which are ahead, then he talks about what's ahead, right? I press toward the goal to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's our high calling, right? He's saying the high calling of, of God in Christ Jesus. That's our high calling in Christ Jesus. Just stressing that in case those words didn't help you. Number 15. Therefore, verse number 15. Let us of, let those of us who are mature be thus minded. And that's, that's all of us, right? We're all mature and everybody else is not. I'm just kidding. But, you know, we can sometimes get to that place. And if you think differently, oh, this is my favorite verse ever, guys. All right? I love this. I love to put it on every Facebook page, uh, tag, whatever, right? <laughs> if you think differently in any way, God will reveal even this to you. And I love it because I'm like saying, hey, if you feel differently than what I'm saying to you right now, God will reveal this to you. Don't worry. 
I'm way higher than you. <laughs> I'm way ahead of you in the race, you know. It's kind of how I sometimes think of it, but I'm just joking. I, I'm tempted to do that, right? But um, usually I just leave that post alone, feel sad for the person, or pray for them because it's, they're usually the one they're hurting, hurting most is themselves because what I run into on Facebook is Christians that love God, love people, but by good intentions put people under a yoke and bondage, right? Because, because they believe that people need to do what this is saying don't do anymore, to put no confidence in the flesh. To me, wherever it says put no confidence in the flesh, it means don't put confidence in the law. Don't put confidence in you trying to get it done. And um, they unfortunately do that by accident. And I don't think they're trying to do anything wrong at all. <clears throat> well, sometimes we, we know from uh, James, I think, that faith without works is dead, right? So what happens is that faith produces good works. Well, cause, because, and it's not the faith itself. The faith we put in Jesus Christ changes us, makes us brand new. All things have become new, right? We're born again. That's why it's called being born again. So when we're born again, that produces difference. Difference in our life because God's different. We're, I mean, we're different. God's always saying. We're different inside. We're like God, right, where we weren't before. So we start to walk out different lives, and that's good, and that's right. But it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be the, the way I would say it is the fruit inspectors. Like we're supposed to go around and see if somebody really has been changed on the inside based on their behavior on the outside. I don't think that's our calling. Our calling is to preach the good news. So if I preach the good news to somebody, if I see them, even somebody who's already saved, I can preach the good news. The good news is God made you new. Sometimes they don't know that. They believe in Jesus Christ, but they don't know he made them new. They think that there's just an old sinner that's saved by grace, but there's just an old sinner um, an, or a worm. Like in the Old Testament, say, Jacob, you worm. But that's not who they are anymore because God's made them new. And if they know that, then they can walk in it, right? Then they can, you can see the results. If, I, if I, they know who they are in Christ, they can see the results of a Christian Christ-like life. So that's why I, I, people point at the things, and I'd rather point at Jesus. I'd rather point at what he's done in you so that the things can change, not try to change the things by pointing at those. Because what happens then is we're looking at ourselves, and now we lost sight of Jesus. And then this, the, the problem that we have, the addiction, the whatever, becomes so huge in our minds. And God becomes so small because he's over there. We're not looking at him. We're looking at how we can get past this thing. And I think that we need to turn towards him and realize he's so, I mean, this is nothing. He's, this is nothing to him. It's nothing. It's laughable. He laughs at this, right? Okay, so I'm going to read just a couple more, maybe down to, actually, I'll just finish the chapters really close because I just scrolled up and saw that, guys, okay, in case you're scared. It's not that long. If you got rumbly and you're tumbly, just a little bit minutes, okay, just a few more minutes. You're all right. Don't get angry with me either, okay? It's not my fault. God wants you to get something out of this, and if you haven't got it so far, I hope you get it. Um, number 15, therefore, let those of you, those of us who are mature, I read that, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, according to what we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brothers, become fellow imitators with me and observe those who walk according to our example. For many are walking in such a way that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. And a lot of people would think this means they're walking in sin, but I believe this means they're walking in the strength of the law. So they become the enemies of the cross of Christ. Because what is the cross for? To fulfill the law. But they've 
made it to where the cross didn't fulfill their law. They've got to fulfill it themselves. I have told you of them often and tell you again, even weeping. And this is what I was saying when I, when I feel sad for the people and pray for the people on Facebook. Because he's weeping because these people are putting something on themselves and on everybody who hears them that's going to cause them to look in the wrong place, right? To expect blessing from just their actions. And there's whole people that preach that you cannot be blessed by God. We had someone before here who, who believed that if you had sin and you were doing stuff for God, that it was useless for you. That you were invisible to God and he couldn't even see you because you're living in sin. But they forgot that you're in Christ Jesus and he is sinless, right? In my opinion, they forgot. I mean, who knows? Maybe they knew, but I don't know. I don't know why they would say it that way. God sees things from the eternal's perspective, like I told you guys with Gideon. He saw a valiant warrior, though, though Gideon was knocking his knees together, right? So in the same way, God sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Word says. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and it's apart from what you're doing because it's eternal. It's always there. Their des oh, and then here it goes in number verse 19. Their destination is destruction. Their God is their appetite. Their glory is in their shame, their minds are set on earthly things. And that's what I was talking about, set on earthly things, because they're set in the wrong place. But our citizenship is in heaven, from where also we await for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our body of humiliation so that we may, it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working of his power, even to subdue all things to himself. And um, I was looking here at the King James Version of that, too. But those are kind of oldish words. <laughs> so what I want to hope to make clear to you guys today, though, before, before I close... That's the end of the chapter. Anybody's wondering? Because I see a lot of people don't necessarily have the Bible with them necessarily. Um, that's the end of the chapter. Um, what I want everybody to understand and get from all, all this, or I hope to, and I didn't actually plan it. Really, I just picked the Bible ver uh, chapter and went forward. But I think God wants us to know, you know, that he's so faithful, that he's so good, that... Um, Faith in Him is well warranted, right? Trust in Him is not disappointed. Uh, those who wait upon the Lord shall not be ashamed, the Bible says, right? That we can do that. Sometimes I think for myself that I... Um, so let me just use, for example, okay? I, I hate to use myself because then I want to feel prideful, but... So some people have said to me nice things, and I think it's awesome, cool, beautiful. They say, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're being a pastor, you're being a worship leader, you wrote a book, you, and they list off things, right? And they say, somebody didn't, this doesn't go unnoticed, right? And I know that this is happening, and, and I praise God for it. And that's awesome. I'm great. I'm happy that they're doing that. And it also encourages me, right? Because what, I'm, what I was about to really talk about is the fact that sometimes it'll seem like you feel like you're doing nothing from God, but that is a lie. Or 
in God, because we really do it in God. We don't do it for him. He's in us to do good things, right? So um, you are God's child who, in whom he is well-pleased. Even if you do nothing, he's well-pleased because he did enough to buy that for you. But the goodness of what God did in you is such that you won't. You won't do nothing. He's put such awesome things on the inside of you that you have the privilege and the honor to walk out great things on this earth. In fact, Jesus said greater things than even he did, right? And that's, that's an awesome honor and a privilege, I think. And the coolest part about it is that it's just we do it in the same way that a tree, uh, that a tree produces fruit, right? Because we are the vine. I mean, we are the branches and he is the vine. We get everything from him. We just, like my old pastor used to also say, we suck sap, you know. He said we take it out of, out of what God has given us and we do it. Um, and he empowers us to do so much more than we could ever do, even if we tried our hardest, if we did our best. And I think that's amazing and awesome. And I, I, I experienced it today here in this worship service because when I, when I uh, came to the end of what I could do because I, you know, failed and messed up with singing and whatnot, then I said, God, I'm going to trust in you. And he gave me awesome things, revelations to my heart and stuff to say that I think is awesome. For me, it was. Um, so... So I just want you guys to be encouraged and blessed that God has great plans for you guys and that he has uh, given every good thing and that held nothing back and that um, your best place to keep looking is him. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to look towards him. If you start to look towards yourself, what you can do or what you have to do, then it can be a problem for you. And I want you to rest in his provision so that you can do great things. That's what I want you to do, great things. You can't do it if you're trusting in yourself. You can only do it. We trust in him. I love you.